0: peoples. I thought it would be worth talking y'all through a few lessons that I learned in doing a wedding for a family member. Here's the go. Katie, who is our full-time designer here for all of our weddings and events, her older sister got married beginning of November. We did the flowers and it went incredibly well, but I give a lot of that to our experience. But I know, as always, with every event that goes by, every opportunity that we have, there's always something to be learned. One exercise that we started doing many moons ago For Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, weekly roster, sales, weddings, events, one-off table arrangements, workshops, was standing back and going what went well and what would we do differently next time. I still do that. So this was wedding number 400 and something something. So we know what we're doing We have our production management down to a fine science, and there are definitely some things that I wanted to pass on to you guys because it's going to be incredibly helpful whether you're doing an event for a family member, whether your sister's getting married, whether you think you want to do the flowers for your own wedding, or you're going into wedding number seven. There are some very practical things that I just simply want to pass along to you because it's worth it knowing. Lesson number one. Doing the flowers for a family member is one of the best opportunities for you to show your friends and family what you actually do. And I mean that in the most positive and empowering and supportive and helpful way possible. Because it is impossible It is truly impossible for your friends and family to actually know what you do, that the flowers don't just magically appear on the tables, that the bouquet doesn't just magically get made on the morning of, that if you want to make buttonholes or boutonnieres for every single man at that ceremony, that that takes time. Use this opportunity to show your friends and family what it is that you do. And one of the best things, like the best things that Katie did was she sent our production schedule to her parents. And it sounds like such a simple thing, but I give her so much credit for saying, you guys need to know what needs to happen on the day, what needs to happen on the days leading up to this. So I'm going to bring you across this scenario. So Katie also has an 18-month-old son. That makes this whole scenario even a little bit trickier but we pulled it off everything went really well nobody cried win 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 but so much of that success was set up because katie made the decision very wisely to send our production schedule to her parents she then literally actually added in a column for who is going to take care of my child the most helpful thing ever And one of the greatest advantages to having your friends and family around is that you get to enlist them to help. And yes, there are going to be things that you don't actually want them to help you with. But in cases of, okay, we need to pack down the ceremony, if you have 180 guests at a wedding and you ask the entire half of your dad's family to help with pack down, It literally makes it last about 10 minutes. It was amazing. And I was like, we need an army of people like this all of the time. But that was only possible because we had put a really good plan together. And to Katie's credit, she had passed along the production schedule to her entire family. So I highly recommend, write yourself a production schedule, send it To your family. If you want to enlist their help, if great Aunt Betty and cousin Allison are asking how they can help, literally assign them jobs. If you need somebody to light the candles, if you need somebody to clean up after the ceremony, all of the garbage jobs that nobody thinks floral designers need to worry about, assign those jobs to somebody in your family. Enlist their help. It is literally like you have a little army of people. This is the only time this is probably ever going to happen in your life and take advantage of it. Because you have many other things that you're going to be worried about on the day. So anytime you can enlist help, anytime somebody else is looking for a job, take them up on it. And the challenge is you're going to need to think through how to enlist their help so that it's not actually becoming a burden for you. But even having things as simple as, can you help us unload the van? Can you move these from this van up into that room? Can you, these things are labeled. Can you put them into specific sections? Can you unpack this? Can you put water in this? Can you take a picture of this? Can you help us unpack this? Can you clean this thing up? So much stuff. Literally think through every job that needs to happen. And if people are asking to help, assign people jobs. But lesson number one, the greatest opportunity to be able to educate your friends and family on what it is you actually do, because they are going to have no clue, absolutely no clue how much energy and effort you are going to put in in the days leading up to the wedding. Even if it's as simple as sending your friends and family Send the bride, send your brother, whoever it is that's involved, send them the production schedule so that they know where you're going to be and what you need to make happen. Yes? Yes. Lesson number two, your stress is going to be higher than normal, 100% because you want them to like what you are making. Literally, the anxiety that you feel when you show up to a bride's house with the bouquets in hand and you go, Oh, I hope she really likes it. It's like a thousandfold because this is your time. Like you are literally putting on a performance for your friends and family. So, hot tip. Surround yourself with people who can accept you and can work with you when you are in a high stress situation. You need to be aware of the fact that the stress that you're putting on yourself is going to have an onflow effect with your team and the people around you. Do yourself a favor, enlist help, and enlist help from people who will tolerate you in your most stressed and frenzied environment. None of us are going to take it personally if somebody else has a meltdown. We need to be able to just keep going, keep functioning because it's completely understandable that you are putting your best foot forward. You want your friends and family to love what you are making. Don't be shocked and don't be surprised if you get more stressed out than normal. It is totally okay. But remember to surround yourself with people who love and adore and respect you no matter how you're behaving. Become aware of the fact that your stress level is actually going to be higher than it is with any other event. And remember that your stress level is very likely a good indication of what it's like to deliver flowers to a bride. She is trying to organize this event of the century. She is going to have 200 pairs of eyes on her in like three hours. In some cases, that creates a huge amount of emotion. So the next time you're delivering a bouquet or something for a table arrangement and they get all emotional and crazy and not necessarily in the best way possible, remember that people's stress affects them. In different ways. And what can we learn from that? Well, lesson number two you, as a floral designer, if you were doing your flowers for a family or a friend, your expectations of the work are going to be 8,000 times higher than anybody else. You are going to then put more stress on yourself, and you are then going to behave in crazy ways, which is totally fine. Remember to surround yourself with people who accept you in your crazy ways. The last thing that you want is somebody coming along, some staff member, some support member who you don't really like, that you don't really love, or that's going to second guess everything that you're doing, not the best way to set on the day. So be aware of the fact that you are going to put a huge amount of pressure on yourself, which is totally fine. You don't need to, but you're going to do it anyway So surround yourself and enlist a team who will accept the good and the bad of how you behave. Because who knows what's going to happen on the day, who knows how stressed out you're going to get, and who knows how crazy you might behave. Just have people around you who are going to accept all of it. Tip number three, and this was 100% Katie's decision, and very, very smart. And I highly recommend this. On the day, enlist a paid support person. I need you to find somebody that can work for you who has nothing to do with the wedding because you need somebody who can run over and light the candles, who can adjust this, make this happen, prep the ceremony, bump out the ceremony, deal with this, deal with that, make sure everything's here, make sure everything's there, make sure the production schedule is running and they don't have to worry about the wedding at all. Luckily enough, in this case, that was me. But I highly recommend it and is the first time I had ever heard of anybody actually doing this approach. So often, you think you can conquer all of it. You think you can do the archway and I'll get my dad to help me unload the buckets and I'll get my sister to do this and I'll get my sister to do that. Don't make it hard on yourself. Literally, hire yourself a freelancer who can come take good direction from you, and prep everything for you. And here is a hot tip. Ideally, educate that freelancer on what's really important to you. One of the things for Katie was that it was really important that the ceremony looked fucking amazing. It was also really important to her that she physically made everything for the wedding, which is totally fine. You can decide whether you want to physically make everything, or you can take a step back, take all the credit for all the work, and delegate the tasks. But if it's really important to you that you physically touch and make everything, make that clear to your team. Because there is nothing wrong with telling your team, this is really important to me. I want to be the one that actually makes all the bouquets, that actually makes all the buttonholes, that actually wires all this and does all that and does the design for this and does all that. Because you know what? There are one million jobs associated with floristry that have nothing to do with physically creating the work. So set up the process so that whoever is doing the design work can do the design work and doesn't have to worry about prepping the product, sorting the product, allocating this, doing that, finishing that, finishing this, filling up that bucket, emptying that bucket, cleaning this thing up. There are so many jobs associated with floral design that have nothing to do with the physical design aspect of it. If you can find a freelancer who can come with you on the day and take care of all of the other junk around you so that you can focus in on the design work, It's going to revolutionize your world. Like quite literally. Quite literally. Katie went off to the tea ceremony. I was prepping everything for the ceremony. Wanted to make sure everything was ready to go because the window for production was going to be real tight. But I stood there and I said, okay, what is every single thing that I can do to help her that isn't actually the design? So I literally peeled all the roses bundled all the product into our little clusters of three and five so that we could then cable tie everything to the structure, wham, bam, ceremony feature done in 25 minutes. There is so much prep work involved. But what was great was knowing it was really important to Katie that she physically did as much design as possible. No problem. Easy because there's a complete understanding of the fact that there is so much other work to get to the design approach and the design process that you can literally do all the other work. She can run back from the tea ceremony. We can bang out a ceremony feature in 25 minutes, take one photo, and run away. Amazing. So tip number three. Definitely, definitely, definitely find yourself a hired helper, a freelancer who can be your support person. They need to be okay. They absolutely need to be okay with not doing the glamorous work. And when you find that freelancer, one of the best things that you can do is be really clear with them, be really direct and really specific in terms of what's really important to you on the day. You can decide that it's really important that you physically make everything Or you could decide, you know what, this is a team effort and it's all about, this is the final vision of what needs to happen. There is no wrong. But definitely find yourself a support person who knows what needs to happen. Tip number four. With every wedding and event that we do, we literally write out a production schedule. In many cases, it gets quite detailed. I highly recommend... That if you're doing a wedding or event for a friend, you make your production scheduled as detailed as you can humanly cope with. And on that production schedule, I want you to prioritize getting as much done ahead of time as physically possible. This is a good rule of thumb for any event that you have. Because like I went on in my rambliness in the last point... There are so many jobs that can be done that have nothing to do with physical design. When it comes to you fulfilling your greatest dreams for your family or friend's wedding, I want you to go out of your way to make sure that you are literally getting as much done ahead of time as possible. Getting your candles ready. Filling up your containers Getting your bucket sorted, getting everything lined up in the garage or in the studio or in your shop so that when you're packing your van four days from now, it's all super duper easy. Literally work backwards. Make sure your car is filled with petrol. Make sure you have snacks for the day. Make sure you've got water. Make sure you've got everything you can possibly need and start that process a week to 10 days beforehand. There is no reason that you need to be saving some of these tasks for as close to the wedding day as possible. Literally chicken wiring all of your containers, putting tea lights in your candle holders, making sure you've got all of your vases sorted for your pillar candles. Make sure you've got all of your bud vases and fill them up with water because that water can sit there for three or four days. The closer you get to the wedding, the more stressed out you're going to be. And remember, the special factor is that you are going to be surrounded by your family. There are going to be hundreds of people there that know you. They are going to be looking at you as much as they're looking at the bride. And if you are then also part of the bridal party, you need to make sure you have time to get ready. And even if you're not part of the bridal party, you need to make sure you have time to do your hair and makeup and get yourself all spiffed up. Literally write that into your production schedule. Sort out your outfit a week beforehand. Get all your makeup packed. Get everything organized as early as you possibly can. Prep your vessels, prep yourself, prep your snacks, prep your baby, anything that you need to do, get it done as early as possible. Here is a fun fact. We have been really moving into using dried ingredients for all of our wiring elements. One of the reasons that we do this, obviously, is because it looks spectacular. The designs are then super light, so functionally it's amazing, plus... One of my favorite things is it means that we can do the wiring days ahead of time. We have really embraced this notion, and I highly recommend that you do it as well. For example, we had a wedding last Friday. Given the timing of the weddings before that, I wasn't going to be able to get to the market until two days beforehand, which is a little bit unusual. But because we don't want to have epic long flowering days, we literally got together on the Tuesday and did all of the wiring. Three days before the wedding all dried ingredients so everything looked spectacular for the wedding day hot tip do dried wiring so lesson number four make a plan and make a plan to get as much done ahead of time as physically possible Do not be leaving things for the last day, for the day of or the day before that you could actually get done well in advance. And I mean literally everything. Petrol in the van. You could even load the van a few days beforehand if you have a second vehicle and you don't need to worry about it. Fill up your buckets. Fill up your vessels. Pull out all of your oasis. Get everything sorted for the ceremony. Everything you can possibly think of. Start as early as possible. Because... Weddings are exhausting. Weddings are even more exhausting if you're actually going to the wedding. It's a very, very, very long day. And you need to be on your best behavior come three o'clock in the afternoon, and you need to look good and you need to be able to keep your eyes open for the reception and possibly even enjoy yourself. So get all your shit sorted, make a plan. Literally make yourself a list, make yourself a production schedule, and get as much shit sorted ahead of time as you can stand. Tip number five, and I have touched on this earlier, but I want to reiterate this because it's really important. And it's really important when you're growing a team, when you're working with other people. I want you to set your priorities and make sure your entire team knows what's really important to you. If your husband is helping out, if your sister is helping out, if your mom is helping out, I want you to... Communicate to them what is really, really important to you. As I mentioned earlier, when it comes to floral design, there is so much to this job that has nothing to do with floristry. Filling up buckets, cleaning the floor, prepping your buttonhole trays, prepping your bride boxes, filling up your containers, getting your tea lights sorted, getting your labels out for all of your bits and pieces. So much non-flowery design work. Involved. It is 100% up to you whether you delegate any of the design work to somebody else. But if you want to be physically designing every aspect of the wedding, bring in support staff to help with everything else. And be really clear with them about what your expectations are. One of my favorite stories that I always envision is Jeff. Leitham, who does those massive installations at the hotels, he is not doing all of the prep work. He is not setting up all the containers. He's not doing all the lugging of this bucket over there or this thing over there, or sweeping it on the floor. He has a team, and he has set up a very clear process. He's very good at communicating what his expectations are. Therefore, he has an army of people around him so that he can then walk up pick up his bunches of calla lilies and put them just so in the container because that is the most impactful, important bit. I am talking to my students tonight and giving them my go-to tips for how to ask for help and enlist help. But letting you in on a little secret, I want you to write down every single step that happens to make the thing happen. What are all the steps you have to go through to make a bouquet happen? What are all the steps you need to go through to make a table arrangement happen? Ceremony feature, ceiling installation, buttonhole, cake flowers, hair flowers, it don't matter. There are going to be steps in that process that have nothing to do with the physical design. Prepping your containers, pulling out the ribbon, taking photos, pulling together any of the bits and pieces... Processing the flowers, filling up your buckets, cleaning your buckets. There are so many ways that you can enlist help. Do it. Anything you can do to conserve your energy so that on Saturday at 3 o'clock you still look fucking amazing is going to work in your favor. The best thing you can do, with, regardless of whoever is helping you, is be really clear in what your priorities are and make sure that your team and the people around you know what's really important to you. It's very possible that the mantle feature is the most important aspect and that the arrangements that sit on the table are less important. It's very important to you that the cake flowers look just so and that the arrangement on the signing table is a bit of a toss away. It's very important to you that you physically make all the bouquets. It's very important to you that the ceremony feature is X, Y, Z. It don't matter, right? You can decide what's really important to you. Make sure your team understands what's important to you because they are there to support you and make it work and tip number six we ended up going to a venue that we have never been to before which reminded me to do a quick recce we went in and set up the reception space and then we did a quick recce down to the ceremony space jiggled around our production schedule to make it fit if you can remember do a site visit before the day of the wedding because it will have an impact on what your schedule is for the day. So often, you don't necessarily account for the fact that you can't park right next to the ceremony space and it's going to take you an additional half an hour to unload the buckets plus a half an hour to load everything up after the ceremony. All of that needs to be accounted for within your production schedule. Because remember, there is so little flowering involved and the lugging of buckets, the unpacking of the van, the packing of it up, the sweeping of the floor, the lighting of the candles, unpacking everything from its containers, all of the bits and pieces take time. So do yourself a favor, go and do a site recce. Visit the site, figure out how long it takes you to drive from the reception space to the ceremony space. Where is the bride staying? Where are you getting ready? How long do you need to get ready? Literally, you could itemize this minute by minute. There is only so much that you can figure out by looking at Google Maps. It is very helpful. Absolutely always very helpful for giving you an estimate in terms of travel time but you are not necessarily going to get as clear a picture as to where can you park the van to unload for the reception. What time are people coming into the reception? Where can you park the van to unload for the ceremony? What time do you need to pack down the ceremony? Is that the same afternoon, the morning, the next morning? Sort it all out. Anything you can do to manage logistics on the day is going to save you so much time and energy. All in all, I would say... Having helped Katie with this wedding, it was a huge success and it made me really realize how good we are at managing our events, how important it is to have a production schedule and how much time you actually spend not flowering. But here are six lessons that I want you to take from my experience in helping with Katie's sister's wedding. Tip number one, Taking the opportunity to flower for a friend or family is one of the best opportunities to be able to physically show your friends and family what you actually do. Dollars to donuts, as my dad says. Your parents and your friends and family probably have no concept, unless they actually help you in the studio, they probably have no concept of how exhausting floral design can be. This is a great opportunity for you to educate them. Do it. Tip number two, your stress is going to be higher than normal because you want them to actually like what you make, and that is totally fine. The important thing is is that you surround yourself with a team or a person's or people's who are going to accept you in that stressful state. You don't need more people aggravating you than your mom and your mother-in-law. So surround yourself with people who are going to bring out the best in you and support you in the best way that they know how. Tip number three, on the day, enlist a paid support person. Literally, Katie took the whole budget that her sister had, she allocated most of it to Wholesale Flowers, and then she gave me payment for the day. Such a smart way to go about it. Such an incredibly smart way to go about it, and I highly recommend it. Find yourself a freelancer who is willing to do everything else for you. Because they need to also be aware of the fact that you need to go get dressed. You need to not look like a total sweaty Betty. You want to look good for them family photos. So find yourself a freelancer who has nothing to do with the wedding. Who can literally help you do all of the things. And pay them. Tip number four. Make a plan and get as much done ahead of time as physically possible. This goes for any event. But this is more important for an event and a wedding that you are going to be attending. Because your day doesn't end at 3 or 3.30 when you finish the ceremony setup. up. It doesn't end when you finish setting up for the reception. You got to be personable. You got to look good for the photos. You got to actually be able to carry on a conversation with people at the reception. And if you're lucky, you'll stay for a glass of champagne and do a boogie. So make a plan and get as much done ahead of time as physically possible. Tip Number five, set your priorities and be really clear with the people who are helping you, whether they are friends, family, or your paid freelancer. Communicate to them what is most important to you. If you decide that you want to design everything, make sure that they know that. If you decide that you need their help designing specific things, make sure you're very clear in articulating your vision. Remember, set your priorities and clearly communicate that to the people who are physically helping you in the week of and on the day of. Tip number six goes for working at any new event. Go and do a site visit. Conduct a quick recce of locations. Understand where you're going to park for the reception, for the ceremony, what time you need to be packing everything down at. It is going to save you so much time and energy in the long run. And friends, I hope that that's been helpful. As always, if you have any questions... Let me know. Send me an email. Send me a DM on the Instagrams. Have a beautiful day, friends, and I'll talk to y'alls later. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out my Business Masterclass. It's my online course where we take all this material, we apply it, we take it to the next level, and you put it into action for your business. It doesn't matter whether you're on month one or month 21. My Business Masterclass is going to take your business know-how to the next level. Jump on the waitlist at fourflorists.com. that's f-o-r f-l-o-r-i-s-t-s.com. It is the best investment you will make in your business and yourself. I share with you my four-step foundation for conquering the business of flowers, and we go into depth in terms of managing your mindset and conquering your fears. Check out the details at fourflorists.com And flower friends, I'd love to help you join me on my business masterclass, and I'll see you inside the program.